There once was a man named Gold Roger who was king of the pirates. He had fame, power, and wealth beyond your wildest dreams. Before they hung him from the gallows, these were the final words he said. Our perspective is yours for the taking, but you'll have to join us first. We left everything we debated at the Yonko table. Ever since, pirates from all over the world set sail for the Grand Line, searching for the Yonko table, the table that will make their dreams come true. Yo! Yeah, yo, yeah, yo, folks. Welcome to the latest and the greatest from the Yonko table. That is the voice of Grandmaster Hoop coming at you from the Colby Theater again because now we are back with our Oscars post-show. That's right, folks. We hit you with our preview and who we thought would be the winners, who might get snubbed, who deserves the top seed in the 95th Oscars, the Academy Awards. And now we're back to tell it all about what we took away from the show and how we feel about the wins, the losses, the performances, everything. But I've said too much already. I'm going to go ahead and hand the reins over again, once again, to Supernova, Dr. Rika. Dr. Rika, this seat is yours the talking stick is yours. This is your show, by all means. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, I'm throwing you overboard as we uh, slide into our last conversation on the end of the award season for 2022-2023. Uh, it's been long. I think the last two years we've seen it because the Oscars have been in March, April-ish. We've had to, to wait quite a while uh, for the end of award season. So I'm curious how y'all are feeling. Uh, now that we have reached the end, uh, we know what the best picture winner is, uh, at least via the Academy. We may have some thoughts uh, personally on that particular pick, but how are you feeling about the end of the award season and the movement into a new one? I, I, I kind of feel, kind of feel good that it's over. Happy that it's over. Um, you know, it's uh, been a long award season for some reason. Um, I'm sure we'll get into why it may have felt that way way throughout this conversation but you know i was also doing like some cramming this past couple weeks in terms of trying to catch up with all the oscar movies before you know the award ceremony and so to kind of like be able to like breathe easy you know maybe not see a movie this weekend kind of look forward to like air and maybe the super oh, mario God. brothers movie you know movies that may or may not be competing um next year but, you know, I think it's nice. I'm kind of happy that we've kind of reached its conclusion um, and kind of, yeah, I can breathe a little easy now. I'm happy it's over, I guess. Um, I cannot celebrate because I am left with a tainted taste in my mouth and it is overshadowing all the joy. But I'm glad it's over. Time to move on. Time to look at what's ahead of us next and you know this oscar season uh maybe it set a precedent moving forward as we talked about more diverse films more zany more kooky not always these dramas and melodramas maybe we'll see some you know out there entries in this next season so i'm glad it's over i'm happy to see what the future holds okay I, I feel pretty similarly to you all as far as just being glad that it's come to an end at the same time, just thinking about what we can do 
a little differently and this may kind of lead into what my next question is as far as like not making it feel like such a like a marathon um yeah i think that in years past it things have felt like they've wrapped up kind of nicely i think most of the time uh oscars have fallen like in february pretty close to the super bowl and the super bowl was like what a month ago yep and mm -hmm. there's something about having to kind of stick with this whole process for a little bit longer than we we have in the past um that i don't know it the excitement that i think i've had in years past uh doesn't quite feel the same i was really happy for a lot of the wins last night which i imagine we'll talk about but yeah i, I think we could do for a little bit of a shorter run in terms of uh just the Oscars, the word season in general. Um, this kind of leads me into what you thought about the show, uh, whether it be the host, so Jimmy Kimmel, of course, returns, uh, the production, bits, speeches, commercials, you know, musical performances, just the, the crux of the show, like the bones and whatnot. And then we'll, we'll talk about specifically some of the wins. Yeah, you know, it's funny you said, you know, um, like shorting maybe like the time period of what, we would consider Oscar season um, because I think like part of the reason this one felt maybe a little extra longer is that I think so much was like already a foregone conclusion. So many of the winners, it feels like we've known since January, um, like since like the Golden Globes, it feels like. So, you know, in like this kind of like kind of a weird way it kind of just took a, at least for me a lot of the air out of the overall event where it was just mm -hmm. like oh that one i've known that for the last couple months oh that one also i saw that coming for the past couple months so like i mean i you know i'm you know i'm an awards show lover i'm gonna keep coming back i'll be back next year no matter how well this one did but at the end of the day i think i was a little found this one a little boring you know mm. it didn't feel like it had the highs of maybe you know years past but i think the biggest thing that i felt like was missing were some of the surprises you know yeah. i felt like all the winners just kind of felt like expected and even the ones you were like maybe you know maybe like rooting for or against you know even those results kind of ended up just like kind of being as expected as well how do you feel, Grandmaster Hoop? Um, you know, I guess um, in years past, uh, uh, most award shows I care to pay attention to were the Golden Globes and the Oscars. And I always used to do, oh, you know, if you won the Golden Globe, you're probably in line for the Oscars. Like, you're in the lead. And this award season, and I, I you know, I'd hate to blame y'all uh hooper tv and dr rika but i think us yes y'all have kept me up to date and in check with every award show and every win and to where to got to a point where i guess yeah i kind of to your sentiments hooper tv it didn't feel as surprising uh i was like oh yeah they won the bafta they won the critics choice they won the sag award i was like damn i used to never know this uh, uh, so they're left in, uh, the surprise element out of it, which is fine in the grand scheme of it all. But, uh, you know, I'm, I didn't even watch the show cause I couldn't, uh, log in to ABC or, uh, our mother's provider doesn't have live TV. Tell the truth. 
I tried to log in. The Last of Us. I was going to watch the it. Last of Us. I was going to watch an hour of the Oscars, then watch The Last of Us. That was my plan. And then I ended up, I don't know, watching Big Mama's House 2 because I couldn't <laughs> get the Oscars up. So, wow. And then, and then the Oscars wasn't up till 7. Big Mama's House 2 over the Oscars. Correct. <laughs> Correct. And uh, the Oscars was not up on Hulu at 7 a.m. this morning when I woke up. And I was like, just screw it all. I guess I'll go watch the whatever, the uh, the acceptance speeches um, and whatnot. So my whole viewing experience was shattered. It was tarnished. But, um, you know, I'm watching it currently right now. It's literally playing to my right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. As Dr. Rico was saying, uh, uh, or whoever said it. Uh, yeah, uh, or someone said it. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of routine almost. Uh, no fun elements. Uh, no Hugh Jackman bursting out into song. Um, no, uh, no selfie with infamous Kevin Spacey. You know, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what else makes an Oscar show an Oscar show. Uh, I, I, performance wise, or, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it was a show. It was an award and boom. Uh, not much to it. I was bored. Yeah, it was boring. Boring show. Yeah. Wow. I, do th- <laughs> I do think that they tried to overcorrect last year. Yeah, uh, in I terms think that's of, a like, good point. We need to be as safe as possible uh, because last year was a shit show. Um, by, you know, nobody's fault on the production team. But I think at this point they were like, whatever we can try to control, we're going to try to control. And un- unfortunately, I think uh, the things that do make the Oscars or can make the Oscars fun is some of the back and forth is having comedy that's actually like roots, like, Consistently funny. I, I think Kimmel came out, gave a pretty decent, I think, monologue. I think the, the opener was okay. Uh, but then we didn't see him all that frequently. And the times in which he did come back um, just didn't really land for me. Uh, and so it's nice having kind of a, a consistent host. We did last year as well. I know that it was shared between, you know, three three women. But uh, I do think that. Was that the gimmick yeah, last year? Yeah, last year we had, um, yeah, Amy Schumer. It was Regina Hall. Was it Wanda Sykes as well? Oh God, yes. I I don't remember that. Wow. Okay. I think also they were doing a thing last year where it felt like different people like would do like more elaborated bits. Yeah. And that led to one famous one, in which, you know. <laughs> and it uh in a way that i think the oscars didn't see coming and to your point i think like that moment last year uh kind of like overshadowing the rest of the oscars it was just like felt like they like went into this one like all right let's just play it by the book like you know let's just um let's get these awards up here um let's hand the, out some awards let's do the original songs and Jimmy Kimmel will host. And yeah, they just kind of played it right down the middle. They did bring out the donkey, which was a nice touch. They had the opening when Jimmy kind of came out, landed like via parachute. But like outside of that, it was, it felt like a very, yeah, like old Oscars. It felt like we were watching one from like what I imagined was like 60s. 
And I've never seen an Oscars from the 60s, so that's kind of what it felt like. Oscars know? from the 60s so. might be a better show. Might have more tap dancing. Who knows? I do think that uh, what's unfortunate is there were some ideas I actually could have been on board with if it was like within a more exciting show. Like I liked the cinematography presentation. So you had you know two superstars who were in currently the number one movie in the box office. So you had Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors come out to present best cinematography. And, and Michael B. Jordan, who directed, you know, Creed Three, explained kind of the camera work of Orson Welles, the camera work of Malcolm X, you know, and um they have that the actual camera there and we're describing some of those pieces even like the like best editing they have that little thing going on in the background of like one person from back in the day who was like splice it together film and then the other person on a computer doing dune so they had some things that i like the costumes were in the back during the best costume so they had some things that i really appreciated and want to see more of which is like explain what you know what makes a film like what puts together ultimately what we watch and, and what's been being nominated and let people know kind of from these uh, celebrities that they're familiar with people like Michael B. Jordan, people like Jonathan Majors, you know, Zendaya, whoever it may be, like what it's like to create these films. I think that's how you get investment. It's just everything that was around it was, was pretty dull um, in terms of like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, sorry to interrupt, but um, just to add on to your, your point, it felt like there was like a level of star quality that was missing. You know, mm -hmm. I think when Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors appeared on the screen, there was like, oh, we got some movie stars. You know what I mean? Like maybe it's just because it's just I just seen them in Creed three. Um, but it just felt like where was Zendaya? Um, where was Tom Long? Where was our where is this like? It was like, and it's this like interesting kind of thing. It was like they were missing kind of like both like the older generation, you know, Tom Cruise didn't show up. Um, I think Denzel Washington was at a basketball, basketball game. game. Um, oh, basketball like game. You know, yeah, there, there was like no Brad Pitt. There was no Leonardo DiCaprio. There was, you know, there was just kind of like this old guard. Obviously there was not the best actor winner last year. You know, there was kind of just like this old guard that was missing. But it also kind of felt like the young guard also wasn't was quite there cover. as well. And, yeah. you know, it, and it kind of like led to this feeling of like, you know, almost like it wasn't like the big event. You know, we don't there's care. something about seeing Tom. Well, there's something about seeing Tom Hanks in the front row or Meryl Streep in the front no, row. No, I'm saying like they're saying time. they don't care anymore. Well, there's Maybe, probably, you know, it's yeah, there's probably something yeah. to just like it doesn't feel, you know, as prestigious or as important unless you are specifically nominated. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Because I'm even thinking of and actually I'm going to self-correct. I believe Creed 3 was number one last weekend. This past weekend, I think was Scream 6. That was number one in the box office. Ooh. To that point, Jenna Ortega is like the biggest young star that's on the rise she she you just did snl fly her out. yeah uh, she can't she's yeah. tired she's a, she's she's like 21 uh, well, she's what i'm get, saying like, is on the on the end as far as a production standpoint <laughs> i'm flying her out i'm like okay you literally yeah. just host a snl you got the number one 
you know, movie in the box office. You had one of the biggest shows on on Netflix. I'm flying you out. You're going to present. And yes, so it's absolutely. Into, you know, to Hooper TV's point of there's this old guard that is not present, but also kind of the young up and comers where people are who are you know, younger folks are invested in um, are also not present. And so there is that kind of missing link. And it just, like you said, the star power of like who's coming out and giving these presenting and you know who's part of the show uh, that did go mm-hmm. missing yeah it kind of had the feel of like another award show it almost felt like, like this wasn't quite the oscars you know it's there like, was no you, ariana debose number that could have been fun yeah they even but you know yeah they didn't you know they didn't quite take risk you know they were very just kept kept it was like just like a fastball down the middle it's like you know let's not get cute let's not try to do anything too crazy outside the box like we just want a fastball down the middle we just want to play, play it straight this year and you know maybe that's what they needed this year but i think it led to unfortunately you know a show that was just you know i think it didn't lead to like people rushing to twitter and be like Oh, what is everybody saying about this movement? You know, it kind of like it was like lacking moments like those, in my opinion. So no zeitgeist. Yeah. I guess that kind of leads me then into the the center of the show beyond what all the production and who's showing up and uh what are the bits, the the funny parts, the performances, etc. Um, are the winners. And I think to to y'all's point you made a little earlier. I think we've sort of known where the tide was turning in terms of yeah. some of the, the big <laughs> wins. And, you know, I just want to mention a few things uh, before we kind of get into you know the nitpicks and whatnot. But as far as shutouts, so there were three films that some folks thought would get something, whether it was below the line, some more technical artistry awards above the line for, you know, acting, directing, whatever, writing, et cetera. Uh, but Tar, Elvis, uh, Banshees were all shut out. Uh, did not win anything. Yeah. And some... Babylon also? Babylon yeah. didn't win anything? Babylon, yeah. uh, the Fablemans. Um, and then, oh. of course, we had the the two big winners. Uh, so I, I think you were mentioning Twitter. The funniest jokes that I saw were actually in relation to All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh so the way that the show was set up, for those of you who haven't watched um, Grandmaster Who, is that watching it right now. you had like a chunk of pretty well-known winners at the start, because you, you had Best Animated Feature, you had the supporting that went back to back. Um, and then there were the chunk in the middle was a lot of the Technical Artistry Awards. And a lot of those went to All Quiet on the Western Front. And so a lot of the jokes that I was seeing on Twitter was like, it's getting a little loud on the Western Front. Uh, <laughs> because they're racking up a lot of awards like what's going on here um and then of course uh, we do know that the biggest winner of the night with seven uh, is everything everywhere all at once any thoughts on kind of these snubs slash sweeps before we we start to pick apart uh the categories um well you know i'll, I'll just quickly say that, that i think the sweeps led to a little bit of the um, kind of lack of excitement, if you will, because, you know, it was fun to see Kihi Kwan win. You know, it was fun to, like, 
maybe see the Daniels take the stage the first time, you know? Um, but kind of like once it just kind of like, again, 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 I think it had a little bit of repetitiveness to it. But not only that, it like didn't allow you the opportunity to like maybe celebrate another one where it was like, you know, let's say it's like Elvis and snuck in a costume. It's like, well, the Elvis fans now have like something to kind of cheer for, you know, maybe they like um, panned Boz Lerman and we see him in the crowd and Austin Butler gives like a wink to the camera or something like that. Um, you know, we didn't quite, we didn't quite get that, you know, Babylon could have won for like production, um, you know, but as we said, like a lot of the technical categories just like kept going to All Quiet on the Western Front. A lot of, most of the acting and above the line categories went to everything everywhere and so it was almost like yeah it was almost like all right if you're here to celebrate one of these two movies you're probably having a great night if you're here to celebrate movies as a whole you know or maybe like you're rooting for like a handful of different movies being spotlighted then it wasn't quite your night yeah it does make me think of the year uh parasite won because uh bong joon ho won obviously best picture uh, best original screenplay and i believe international feature and i think they and were director oh yes okay i believe they were pretty well spread out that it didn't feel too like there was something of like not necessarily surprise um i think the the one the best picture win was more of like there was a swell of just emotion but i think it was so well placed that folks were kind of like oh okay go with that yeah like, all right yeah yes. and then you'd get some other awards and then he's back he's back again like there's this excitement mm -hmm. i don't know i think because of the way things were ordered if it felt the same because you had like this back to back to back of all quiet is coming up here and we're not familiar with some of these folks but then also everything everywhere was going up there as well and some obviously the big names we're familiar with and we did see the daniels multiple times so i imagine we we had some familiarity but i think some of the order had to do with that as well uh of yeah it did be, become a bit more predictable where it wasn't as fun to be invested because you're like, yeah likely this is what's going to happen um and so it just reminded me of that like parasite did rack up quite a few but i think because of the placement um there was still some excitement uh within finding out who it is that's going to go up there and give another speech yeah and I, I promise to move off this point after this um you know like there's something about the parasite when that nobody saw him coming because like mm -hmm. i think a lot of the precursor award shows were going with 1917 or once upon a time in hollywood and there was like i think there's a lot of excitement around you know uh for better or worse like joker that year there was like little woman was you know a lot of people's number one phase jojo rabbit i think was also kind of like mixed to different people but uh really beloved by certain other people and you know it just felt like watching the oscars the parasite year it was like when yeah bong joon ho took the stage for like i think like best director was like oh wow like this is great to see him honored this way you know um he might not win best picture but there was like excitement and then when it finally became true it was like this jubilation um kind of like overcoming so um yeah for for whatever reason it could have been the placement but it didn't quite feel like it kind of just felt like all right the train's on the tracks and it's gonna like stay rather than like this like almost like 
crescendo we were reaching by the end. Uh, did you feel that way, Grandmaster? Uh, you know, it's just, I think, watching the show and looking at, like, kind of the nominees and all these other categories and whatnot, that is where I think is the best time to celebrate all the other films that are not necessarily up for best picture or best director. And it seems like the voting now just simply goes to, I don't know, people just want the sweep to happen. I guess, yeah, sweeps aren't as exciting and whatnot. And yeah, it's just um, not just like what, you know, watching it. Uh, like, for example, I was really happy for costume because, you know, that went to something outside of what's already been winning the whole time. And, you know, when you look at the nominees and all these categories, you really, you know, I really like to think, man, are they not really looking at all these works and like all the work put into it? Like, I get it. It's a superhero film. I'm talking the Batman, you know, but it's like there's some really good stuff here. Uh, and yeah, a lot of people were rooting for, I think, sound in that. Um, for that one which I, I was actually happy about sound too going to what that, that was top, top gun. gun yeah i was i was i was happy for that yeah but uh you know there's other categories where i'm just like damn tar zero <laughs> all the hype about <laughs> tar and can't win anything i guess that really was some good cinematography getting that downward shot of her doing all that and nothing nothing um mm -hmm. so it just it it takes i don't know it takes the way the hopes of the the little guy watching at home uh you know uh and it's just like ah oh, if you don't get on board with these oscar baited films you know then it's like yeah you got nothing to look forward to yeah i know and that that's why i was so excited to see rrr win um for best original song um and not only that see that like performance okay. oh yeah that probably um, was the coolest moment that i've seen there was, yeah, there, if there was one moment that got me super excited and like captivated by what was happening on screen, it was absolutely the RRR original song performance. Um, just like was so cool, was like, everybody was like just so talented, so like in sync. Um, that was awesome. A great way to honor that moment in the movie. And I think it was like, it was almost like for me, um, I was like, all right, you know, hopefully these voters got it right. Um, and if not, hopefully they have an opportunity to change their votes. Cause like seeing each of the best original songs like be performed, it was clear what the winner was. And it was clearly RRR. So I was glad like that actually came came out to be the truth. And um, that was able to get its win. Cause uh, if you watched all those original song performances, there was one clear yeah away winner. and it was the only opportunity it had to win an award so if you were really into that movie then like that's what you're rooting for so mm -hmm. it was cool that you know that we got to see that win in that category i guess that'll go ahead and take us into just talking about some of the winners um and so i don't have any particular order i would prefer to talk about uh you know the top six near the end of our conversation so if there are any kind of standouts you all have already started to mention whether it be sound song score etc animated features uh anything in terms of like animated docs shorts technical artistry feel free to start throwing some of those out there i think i am in agreement uh that i was ex excited for rrr to get something from the night i think uh 
yeah, clearly in terms of the five that we did get, um, it didn't feel as like obviously impactful as the scene in the film. So please people go watch the film because uh, there's something to that. Uh, but it was nice to, to just be able to see uh, that representation. I think this is the first song like ever from, you know, a Tollywood film that's been nominated, uh, which is wild mm -hmm. considering the vast array of, of just music and, and musicals that they produce. But um, did, you, that did, was... you, did you say from Bollywood? No, Tollywood. So from it's Tollywood because not... Telugu, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, no, very cool uh, thing. Uh, you know, funny enough, watching that performance, because uh, one, this is the first time I heard most of all these songs. Uh, so that was my first time listening to Not To Not To. Uh, and I was like, oh, man, this is giving Jai Ho vibes, which is, I feel, a very easy take to make. Have you not seen the movie? Uh, I have not seen the movie. Uh, oh, come But on. like the vibes <laughs> of just kind of that that you know southeast asian bollywood tollywood vibe of break out into song and dance and looking at the lyrics they were translated i was like oh this song is literally just about dancing and enjoying time romantically or whatever uh and i was like i could care less about sophia carson who i was like oh descendants she's from descendants uh what's she doing here uh and i don't think i cared for any of the other songs uh played at all but uh yeah no i i i enjoyed that performance i enjoyed that win um very fun moment very cool to see uh, oh yeah i'm probably gonna try to learn a little bit of that dance um i you can also watch the movie <laughs> yeah yeah I, it's 182 minutes i'll try um you saw maybe avatar I'll, i should have watched and avatar i should have watched them both as a series uh and uh 45 minutes each um and just binge it as far as like watch 45 a day and okay. call it a, okay. a movie um uh i'm happy for guillermo del toro coming out and saying animation is not a genre it is the movement mm. it is cinema uh and i hooper tv i disagree with you this this was a tough year in animation uh great i still haven't seen marcel but i was happy for pinocchio uh, but it is a tough year. I'm um, throwing that out there. So I was happy to see that win. Uh, yeah, same. Thought... I mean, like, everybody loves to get from El Del Toro. Um, I was, uh, what felt like, kind of like one of the few fans of Nightmare Alley last, was it two years ago? Maybe it was two years ago. No, last um, year. It was last year, yeah. Wow, he's just been working. Even though I think he's been working on Pinocchio for, like, years. He's been working yeah. on Pinocchio yeah. for, like, four years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody loves Guillermo del Toro. And I think, you know, I was like, they started with like animated feature. And that was like an interesting first voice because that hasn't been done before, right? I feel like animated usually is somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was unsure about like that as like a choice because that feels like, oh, like a cool one. You get like halfway through the middle. Um, but, you know, even though I, you know, I like Pinocchio and I liked a lot of these animated movies, but I wasn't like in love with any of them. But, um, you know, still happy to see Guillermo del Toro in there. So, yeah, that was probably one of the, you know, non, <laughs> non all quiet on the Western front categories that, you know, it was like cool to see. And obviously, like, I think it's almost anything like, you know, not including no offense to them, 
uh, the shorts or the documentary features. Um, anything that didn't quite go to all quiet on the Western front was like kind of fun to see for me, you know? Mm -hmm. And the sense of like, yeah, it was cool, like Top Gun having a moment. It was like cool in my opinion for um, RRR to have its moment, you know? Um, and I kind of like wanted more of that. And I think yeah. when it like didn't quite come is when, you know, almost like maybe this like resentment for All Quiet on the Western Front started like, like secretly like building inside of me, I guess. Cause I would have liked to see Babylon had one when production design or, you know, something who, else. Who took home so. production? Was it All, All Quiet? Quiet on the Western, yeah. Oh, I guess. I guess wars are <laughs> you wars know, are hard to there... recreate. Yo, know, there's a church group that recreates the, you know, American Revolution down the street in the local park. Um, whatever. Say, the thing that is pretty frustrating in terms of like all quiet's um, racking up of awards is clearly there is still a appreciation by some academy academy members for, oh, <laughs> for war movies and we talked about some films that we felt were snubbed um the woman king is a war movie mm. maybe not the one that folks tend to think about uh, or anticipate uh, in, in terms of it's not world war one or two or vietnam um or you know iraq afghanistan iran etc um, so there is this tendency, I think, to kind of shy away from other types of history. Uh, so that was frustrating of like, okay, so we win production design and score and cinematography. Uh, and I think there's some other things in there that I, other films that I liked more in comparison. Absolutely. I, I think just in general of like, okay, so you still have an appreciation for this type of like film. And there are other ways in which that's been presented uh, that you really didn't find any appreciation for. And I'm curious about why that may be. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did, it, did anyone yeah. pick up the low key shade from Jimmy when he shouted out Viola? And uh, I, I don't know her name from uh, from Till. Oh, uh, yeah. Just, oh, I. I yeah. I at an oscar party so i like didn't get to quite like hear like the monologue as like as much as i wanted to um no what did he say there uh he, he gave them shout outs and he was just like they he felt they should have been here uh nominated and yeah and, i mean i only watch you know i'm watching it currently still i only watch a little bit but uh he eventually like kind of goes through all the nominees as far as actors and supporting go um I don't recall anything about Andrea Riseboro. Uh Yeah, uh, it was pretty <laughs> she it was pretty quiet and I would say throughout the the show she wasn't really mentioned all that much. Right, uh, right. Which probably should, yeah. <laughs> I think it was probably a smart choice. But I'm curious uh, in terms of where we've been kind of uh discussing a lot about all quiet's wins in those particular categories I think uh, there's some left for Babylon in terms of production design and score. Um, any other thoughts on some of those like art, artistic or, or technical categories? Uh, I was really happy for the costume design win. I was just about to say, uh, who's that? Ruth, right? Ruth, yeah, Ruth Carter. She now is 
the only black woman who has won multiple Oscars in any category. Right. I didn't um, see that. Yeah. Uh, but also, <laughs> Tommy, I mean, I feel this has got to be something, too. I don't know. She won the award for the original and the sequel. I don't know how many times that's done where anybody can Ooh. say I, I got an Oscar for the yeah, original. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder about, like, The Godfather. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm sure The Godfather film. team. Yeah, probably. Maybe. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know, though. Maybe maybe if the if Batman Begins won some uh sound and then Dark Knight won some sound, uh Wally Pissford. Oh, interesting. Uh but huh. I don't I think she's got that locked. I can't think of anybody who's won for an original and the sequel. Uh so I and and, and honestly when she, her speech, I really liked her speech too, saying, you know, this award was for the black woman. Mm -hmm. Uh I felt that was low key for Angela, too. Uh, I think she mentioned too a focus on her mother. Uh, uh, yes, yes, very much her mother as well. Yes, uh, which I liked how she wrapped it up. It, it all tied back to her mother. Um, but no, that was a really good win. I I really liked that win for Black. And Panther. one of the surprises, to, one of the surprises, to be honest, you know, mm -hmm. I think, um, I think you know, uh, as we've mentioned, like if you were like a Babylon stand, that was like, like one of the few opportunities opportunities like Babylon was in contention for something if you were a big Elvis fan then you know kind of zooming out that was like kind of one of the you know maybe awards you could see Elvis be in like a winner there and then of course it had everything everywhere all at once also like this thing that's been like just a juggernaut in any category it's in and so to see like Black Panther kind of like rise above all of them you know and come out as the winner a movie that's definitely had a more mixed reception than the first one yeah. Um, and, you know, I think was, you know, I guess a bit of a surprise in terms of being back at the Oscars in terms of like, and kind of like one of the few Marvel movies that kind of gets Oscar recognition also. It's like the only one. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, but it comes out a winner, effects, yeah. you know. Oh, it comes out yeah, a winner, sure. Know? Yeah, it comes out a winner in twice in like this category. So, um yeah always like it's always seems like yeah cool a cool win for black panther i think in like both years and but like this year even more felt like a surprise so i would agree um and to your point as far as it being the only kind of success for marvel in terms of uh, wins but even just like where it is uh nominated so in most cases most marvel movies have been nominated in visual effects but Black Panther's the one of the only films that's gotten like costume design, production design, best picture, acting, as far mm -hmm. as nominations. So I think there's something uh, to to that, and then her win as well. Uh, yeah. But I'm curious in discussing visual effects. We, we of course all predicted uh, Avatar: The Way of Water would win this. Something I did want to bring up, not to compare, but definitely to compare to stir up a little bit of conversation. Something I didn't anticipate, but I maybe I should have. Uh, with uh, last night's show is we got a lot of like introductions of like commercials or trailers or company montages. Mm -hmm. We have the WB montage that was introduced by Margot Robbie. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. And then we had uh, the trailer, the Little, the Mermaid. Trailer the Little, Little Mermaid. Mermaid trailer. And so I think it's interesting on a night where Avatar The Way of Water won visual effects for, you know, things that they act actively had to create to, to make this happen. We got a new trailer uh, for a film that doesn't 
Mm. Visual effects wise, look great. Is that is that the consensus? Is that the consensus that it doesn't look great? <laughs> it doesn't look great. I, um, I think that is probably the consensus. I mean, I think we've all felt this like ever since like seeing clips. I mean, do I want to go back to like even like some like the previous movies? Like, I think the whole live action animated Disney charade that they've been doing the past like almost a decade now has been hit or miss to say the least, you know, um, you know, controversial in a bit, uh, in a little bit of ways. Um, yeah. And then to do the underwater or half underwater story, little mermaid always seemed like, well, that one's, that one's going to be tough. And it's, um, yeah, it's proving that, based off of what we've seen, that it may have been difficult and they may have bit off more than they can chew. And to your point about, you know, James Cameron, uh, Avatar, Way of Water, James Cameron taking a decade to wait for the technology to catch up with his vision um, may have been the right move because it looks like this Little Mermaid movie that, you know, let's let's give them cut them a little slack maybe it's been in production for the past three years or something this one's like that it's been in production for a while don't don't okay. get twisted but uh, yeah i said three three years I, is a long production i think it's been longer than three it, years uh but uh <laughs> say five. i i, I would I say it's been enough i don't know if it's been enough well i would <laughs> say it sounds it's it feels like james cameron has set the bar but no one's using what he's doing or nobody wants to put the time and effort because uh, I mean we've have seen a trend of water related films uh, Avatar, Aquaman Little Mermaid Black Panther like Aquaman. when is Aquaman's kind of good Aquaman did fine I kind of like I kind of like Aquaman, Aquaman. I liked it visually um, yes you know, it was I, fine. I don't think I was on the I wasn't on the Wakanda Forever pod which you can listen to um good job you know but you can also listen to but, avatar the way of water yes you can yeah um <laughs> um you know i really did not like the visuals whenever they went into the underwater city it just felt like unfinished yeah i mean I feel like they marvel's hide it marvel's having you know? vfx problems throughout their projects so it it seems we're gonna have continued issues with marvel vfx i'm just gonna say this about the little mermaid i'm gonna wait until i watch it on the big screen for like the water and whatnot but the character designs of the animal friends vomitrocious i'm gonna say that right now vomitrocious i don't know what they're doing they don't look fun they don't look they're about to command because ariel can't talk half the movie so they're gonna be talking I heard Aquafina's voice. And I was like, "Damn, that's right. Aquafina is scuttle." Uh, what did you want oh. to look like? Better. Oh, Aquafina scuttle. Aquafina is scuttle. David Diggs is Sebastian, and Jacob Tremblay is Flounder. Oh, what is it? I want to know what you what you think. Oh, my cat just fell. Of what I you don't know. I think Aquafina. You seen what a seagull looks like? You don't. She should hold herself to higher standards. She doesn't need to be scuttle, but. Um, all that's to say is to bring it back to Oscar, the Oscars last night, is that, of course, Avatar Way of Water 
should win because James Chairman's able to put like color into his like movies. Why do these movies look so dull and so dark and so tinted? And it's just like you go see Avatar Way of Water and you know, the the first half of the movie or the first third of the movie, you know, I think was like, all right, you have to like re-familiarize yourself and everything. But once you get to that water and it's crystal blue and everything looks gorgeous, and you talk about like the the sea friends and the little mermaid looking not up to snuff. Um, yo, everybody in James Cameron's world looks like like real and imaginative and like, you know, super great. It's like, yeah, I don't know. They should have like snuck onto that set, stolen some technology. Or just hire James Cameron or hire his visual effects team or something. I mean, I think he's got them like locked under Oh, you to, to another 20-year <laughs> contract? Yeah, they're, they're going to be busy for five, six more yeah, movies. But yeah, the reason why I brought it up, I think, is mainly just to provide, you know, a some context around... I'm sure everyone is working very hard and doing a lot of really good work, um, but there's something to being able to have the time, the energy, the money to to put in all the effort uh, into realizing your vision and i think um we we see that represented pretty well in, in visual effects as far as avatar the way of water um, any additional thoughts on yeah some of the artistry technical categories before we move to like writing and, and acting well, i feel everything is um it was all quiet no well you're uh, here you go uh wait no that's writing um <laughs> no i'll just say quickly <laughs> I'll just say quickly before we move on, unless to Grandmaster who has something else. Um, I can't find anything, nope. You know, I see, I feel like there's been like a lot said about like, you know, the corporation of this uh, awards ceremony in the sense of like showing the Warner Brothers like montage, um, you know, and like really, really focusing on that specific studio. Here's my take. Uh, that was a great montage and Warner Brothers has like some great movies. So, True. I mean, if they're able to kind of like, if they have like going as far back as like Casablanca all the way to like, you know, Harry Potter 7, um, you know, if like that's like, if you're able to like create montages with like a bunch of hits in between those, like, yeah, you deserve a spotlight at the Academy Awards. Like, I don't know, Netflix isn't there yet, you know, Apple TV you know, has Coda, but they're not there yet, you know? Oh, so God, I'm here no. if Universal, if Universal wants to have like a montage next year and like do all their hits, I'm good with it. Yeah, like, you know, so I'm kind of, I'm, you know, I don't know if I'm gonna sound like a capitalistic person, but, um, you know, I think, I kind of enjoy how the gaming awards does like, I mean, they kind of do it, they kind of do it overboard um but they use this they use it as like a time to showcase trailers for upcoming things you know upcoming games ah true and it looks like it, it looks like what that's what you know the oscars did this year with like the little mermaid you know if they want to do like three spotlights every year i'd be good with that you know if they wanted to give like barbie and oppenheimer a segment um you know and then have like a new trailer play I'd be good with that going forward. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. Like some people might not be into it, but I'm. I was kind of alright with seeing it so much, so I'd be okay with it expanding. So I do think when montages are done well, 
I have a hard time rooting against them. I actually think the intro montage is pretty good. The intro was good, of, yeah. Like we saw. Yeah, I thought it was good too. Good yeah, montage. Nominated films, things that weren't nominated, some of the behind the scenes. I think of like, uh, you know, the folks who do the sound and, and all this. So I think uh, costuming, et cetera. So I, we saw some good stuff in that first montage. So I do like a good montage. Um, let's talk about just check in on screenplays. Uh, before we talk about uh, the acting directing best picture winners but of course original went to everything everywhere all at once adapted went to women talking um, are, are, any are, thoughts? Are, are y'all happy about women talking y'all saw that no mm-hmm. um, i was happy uh, yeah dr Riga, you can go first uh i was happy uh, i think was it my favorite of the five here no um did i think this was the likely outcome. Actually, yes. It's something that I, I had been thinking of in terms of the adapted screenplay uh, of where the tides were turning. I believe she had also won some awards leading up to this uh, for adapted screenplay. Uh, so Sarah Polly, of course, I wrote and directed. Um, I was fine. I was fine with it winning screenplay for anything else. Um, you know, like for example, Best Picture. It, it was on my lower as far as ranking was concerned. Um, I think just because movies are a visual medium and I think visually it was quite lacking. Um, although, you know, the acting was pretty good, the back and forth between the different characters, which I think is then a testament to the screenplay and what it had to offer and what it had to say. So I, I was fine with this as a win. I mean, yeah, similarly, I think. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, go, go ahead. Did you see? Okay. I'll just go to quickly say that, you know, I think it's like, kind of you know for lack of a better term nice to see like women filmmakers just kind of win awards um you know especially in like these kind of like competitive categories you know male dominated um similarly yeah you know similarly like jane jane campion last year um that was like great so seeing sarah Polly like even though like wasn't my favorite movie um in like as Dr. Rico was saying, like the best picture category, but like, you know, that that adapted screenplay category was kind of lacking in my opinion, you know? So, um, you know, I was like, I wasn't like, there wasn't like one I was like really rooting for in that category. So just see Sarah Polly win, I think I was like good with that. Uh, Graham asked you, did you want to say something? Uh, Yeah, just this was just a category I thought, uh, you know, they had glass onion on there uh top gun uh you know i i actually had all quiet winning this one uh because i just knew all the buzz around it i uh i'm fine with women talking i still haven't seen it so i can't really speak on it but uh, yeah i would have liked to seen top gun or glass onion again just kind of a, a switch up of what we are or what the academy deems as you know oscar worthy uh i mean i think Ryan Johnson has already proved his worth. Uh, but, you know, a film like Top Gun, I'm glad it's here. I think it could have took this one because I knew it wasn't going to take Best Picture or anything. Uh, but, you know, people were engulfed by the screenplay of Top Gun, everything surrounding it. Uh, I thought this could have been a chance for it, but it's fine. But th- this was a, a category I definitely was like, I don't know who's going to take this one. Mm. This one was a question mark, while most of them were not. 
<laughs> and so original screenplay, uh, of course, everything everywhere at one. Thoughts? I'm for the everything everywhere segment of this program. <laughs> it begins. Yes. Uh, it are, now. Beginning yes. of the end. Uh, we're also uh, the rest of the winners we'll talk about, except for one, is everything everywhere. Except for one. Okay, so I, I feel I came in really hot during our preview about this film, and I was like, it better win everything. And then when it actually started winning everything, I don't know, it kind of took away from my excitement. Uh, A little boring. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I, I mean, I definitely wanted it to take top honors. But original screenplay, I mean, we talked about it. This one, I felt, really could have gone anywhere. I think all these screenplays here were really good. Uh, yeah. You know, if I were to give Tar anything, screenplay would be it. Because those monologues she runs through, her lines, like, those, are, those would be fun things to just learn to quote randomly at people. And see if they know, and if they don't, they just sound they look like a dummy because she it's makes a good everybody... way to judge screenplays. If you if you can quote them and make people feel like they're dumb, you can memorize them and yeah, use them in everyday life and see if anybody picks up on it. I'm sure um, if I quoted Lydia Tar a day, I would become an asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. No, I'm, and I'm, I agree with you. Um, you know, I think out of these five, I think I did catch Triangle of Sadness, uh, before the program started. So I was able to catch that. Even that, even that screenplay, I was kind of like, you know, there was moments I enjoyed. Um, but I'm with you. It felt like this would have been a cool moment, especially if you know, you know, they're going to take director, they're going to take best picture, they're going to take, Actress, supporting actor, supporting actress. You know, everything, everything where is going to have its time in the sun and it's going to be great. We're all going to clap. Uh, this would have been a nice moment to honor band, the Banshees of Inishir and the Fablements or Tar, even Triangle of Sadness, um, if you're a big Triangle of Sadness fan, uh, and just give them one award. Right. <laughs> just one, just one. Just this would one. Have been, this would have been their only award. God, complete shutouts. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, historically, it always feels like, you know, and I think we talked about this in the last uh, pod of like, screenplay is a chance of, you know, just being able to honor maybe the one that's a little more kookier, you know, that's like kind of, um, you know, maybe a little more fun, but doesn't have like the technical kind of like, uh prowess of like maybe something that'll end up winning best picture um and nope they went with the best picture which has happened in the past i'm sure yeah but, i'm looking up um, the last few years so last year belfast won best uh original screenplay of course we know coda uh had taken promising young woman uh, one best original screenplay in 2020-2021. I uh, thought that movie was was never going to win best picture, but I enjoyed that movie and it was what, cool what, to see it movie? win screenplay. Promising, Promising Young, Young Woman. Woman. Uh, I have a lot oh. of problems with really, it, but that's not this podcast. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Parasite, of course we've already brought up Parasite. Green Book, which I don't like to bring up. Uh, Ooh. Get, Ooh. <laughs> uh, get ah. Out. 
Manchester by the Sea Spotlight, Birdman, Her. So yeah, there is, it kind of toggles back and forth, or at least over the last few years and, you know, in quick Googling of who's one of either being able to award, like you said, something that maybe is likely not to win Best Picture, but we were wanting to honor the ideas it brought, something new or fresh, or it's likely honoring the Best Picture. Um, and so this did feel like one of those years in which it, it was just going to align. I think it likely helped that the Best Picture was something that I think in a different universe, <laughs> wink nudge, Everything Everywhere likely probably would have been like an original screenplay winner, maybe one or two of the actor winners, but nothing else. Um, but I think yeah, the, absolutely. <laughs> like in a in a different time, uh, but in terms of like this year just wasn't that time. And it's certainly yeah. racked up. I think we'll probably have a conversation around A24 uh, because it won the most awards of the night as a production company. Mm. Uh, I think they know how to work the Oscars. They know how to do They this. won all the big ones? They did. They won they all did. the big ones. Yeah. Wow. Um, A24 on the come up. And they've or, had a really good decade. So I, I think, think they're here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, they're a threat. That feels like a, a big piece of it, too, is just like, in what ways? I think the Banshees of Inner is such an interesting kind of to slide it over into kind of actor in a leading role feels like a really interesting missed opportunity. I felt like there was a lot of momentum as it like dropped on HBO Max. Golden Globes happened where it did win best, you know, screenplay and it did win uh, Colin Farrell. Best... Some... Did it win best picture or no? No. They yeah, have the two, Fable I know. The it was the yeah. Fablemans in... And Colin. Oh, but the the Golden Globes has two best pictures, right? Oh, it has comedy, uh, yeah, they have musical... comedy and then... Uh, drama, yeah. drama, which yeah. is, I think is really weird, but I digress. The point is that at that point in time, so very early, we're talking about it. Did, it, did win, it, it did win musical or musical or comedy. The Banshees did. Yes, Banshees. Best picture. It did win at the Golden Globes. So yeah, yes. it was it was a real threat. So, at that yes, it had some momentum going in, and I think what's so fascinating is Colin had. We were really having a conversation around Colin Farrell and Austin Butler as the kind of the two that were maybe leading this best actor race. And I'm really mm -hmm. curious about kind of what fell off in terms of the Banshees as a whole, but then even in Colin's performance, uh, which of the three, of the four that were nominated, I think my, it was my opinion that he had the strongest of the four. But I, I do think it's really fascinating that the, kind of the tides turned, but then we're looking at Austin Butler a little bit more, and then Brendan Fraser kind of swoop in. Do, do y'all ever watch those uh, those roundtable talks where they get like... I do, yeah. Okay, I, I watched the one with the actors. It was Austin, Colin, Brendan, Adam Sandler, and then uh, my boy, uh, Pope, Jeremy. I think it's Jeremy Pope. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was a yeah. really good one. I don't, I don't know if the Academy watches that stuff, but maybe that played a part. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Austin Butler was over here doing his Elvis voice still. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know. But maybe maybe they're like, oh, how is he outside of this movie? Do I like him still? I don't know. Uh, I'm sure that's not an actual thing, but interesting tidbit. Those are really good to listen to if you never listened to those before. Um yeah, the clips usually find me on Twitter, but I don't think I've ever sat down and watched the whole thing. Oh, no, no. I definitely sat down and watched a good a couple of them. Um, 
Where are we at? Original well, still? No, we're talking about actor in a, in a leading role. Actor in a leading role. Uh, and Brendan Fraser's uh, big kind of comeback story. Um, which I don't personally. even really know the story. comeback story, but also like, like, I don't know, coming back in this race, it feels like, you know? I mean, I know I know. Uh, Dr. Mondo was giving him high praise for him deserving it. I don't know what really happened in between. Uh, I feel like 2008 was the last time I saw him. With well, to uh, give you like the quick version, uh, there's actually a, I believe like a really good article that's out about like that came out quite a while ago uh, about Brendan Fraser uh, when he first kind of started coming back to film, coming back to TV. He's in Doom Patrol, etc. Doom Patrol, uh, right? Yeah. The quick of it is I know he had a lot of like medical injuries from previous uh, films, mm. so his uh, body certainly uh, took a hit. Uh, there was a pretty messy, I think, personal situation in terms of like a divorce, uh, but then also he was sexually assaulted and had talked about it openly. Um, and this person was like a high exec uh, that was related to the Hollywood Foreign Press, which of course is related to the Golden Globes. And he was blackballed. Oh, wow. And so because he, he spoke openly about that, uh, started to get less uh, opportunity uh, to be involved in Hollywood, so it was really shunned out. So he was doing a lot of really smaller roles. Um, I think until he started to be plugged into you know a few different things, Doom Patrol being one of them. I think it was more consistent. Um, and then this was like as far as like I would say, quote prestige um, was his big kind of comeback to to that landscape, mm. um, which he hadn't really been a part of since very very early in his career you know he was the he was a blockbuster king in the 90s he sure was um and so but prior to that breakout he was making a lot more smaller films um something like school ties for example but um so yeah so it is this comeback story of like he's been in the industry you know 30 plus years and uh, having the opportunity to do something that I don't know, feels a, a little bit more involved in that, that like drama, prestige type of category, working with Darren Aronofsky. I know a lot of people have a problem with the film, but love him. Um, I think there's a lot of good articles. I'm, I, I doubt I'd be able to give a, a great sound clip, um, but there's a lot of really good articles that at least critique or provide some uh, perspective on the film and how people felt about the film. Um, but I, most of the articles also say like Brendan Fraser is just a lovely human being. Um, and I think you could see a lot of that to your point in those roundtables, like just how much he just appreciated being here and yes. the opportunity to, to share spaces and rooms and conversations with people and, uh, actors and, and folks that he hadn't seen in years. I think that there's a great connection between him and Kiwi Kwan. Uh, it's wonderful that both of them won and they had that moment together. Um, yeah, he's one of the more, I think. I would say slight surprises because people were pulling so hard in terms of like, oh, Austin Butler is likely going to be the winner. Um, I think the SAGs helped give some insight that that may not be the case, considering uh, Brendan had won that. Um, and he won the critic. I believe, yeah, he won the Critics' Choice and then he won uh, the, the SAG. Okay. And Austin won the BAFTA and the Golden Globe. And then also Colin won the alternative. You know, right yeah it, it's it's interesting how all those kind of factor into kind of it um part of me feels you know and this kind of goes into supporting as well there's this underlying idea that if an actor has been 
around that they might be more deserving uh to receive the award than someone who was fresh for example austin butler is relatively fresh in the eyes of hollywood uh i know him because i've been watching him since ned d classified school survival guide um and other nickelodeon productions but you know this is he elvis blasted him onto the map you know and although he's well recognized now and given his flowers for that role part of me feels maybe the academy felt brendan frazier has done his time and put in the work and he gave this great role we gotta give it to him almost like they owe it to him i feel that sometimes goes into the voting here and i think that also plays a part in supporting whenever we're ready to talk about supporting but with that said i'm glad brendan frazier got it because you know i i mean i hope he keeps going and keeps making great films but also I hope Austin Butler keeps going and making great films. This this should not be it for him. He's like 31 years old. You know, this this should be his launching point. Uh, he's got Dune Part 2, which I'm sure he'll be fine. And I'm sure he's going to keep going for big roles. You know, he was on stage with Denzel. Did y'all know that? I did. That's crazy. I never knew that. And when I read that, I was like, oh, he's he's working, you know. So even though he didn't take it home, I imagine this is not going to stop him. But, you know, I feel Brendan Fraser. I mean, I had I didn't watch the whale, but from what I heard from the speeches, interviews, I think he deserves it. Uh, he earned yeah, it. Somebody, he earned it. Somebody, somebody made the point that, like, best actor is much less likely to go to kind of like the young like, up and coming mm-hmm. male lead. Uh, um, you know, I think. Not that like best actress is easier, but I think you have seen in the past like um, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. Oh yeah, wow! Both, like, yeah, absolutely. Jeez. They, yeah. They won pretty young and still in their twenties. You know, obviously you have like the people like Michelle Williams who are still waiting for uh, her first Amy award. Adams. And you have, um, Amy Adams. Who's still <sighs> Glenn Close. She's still waiting for hers. So, you know, you do have, like, these outliers, but, yeah, like, you know, a lot of times, like, the young male actor usually doesn't win, um, you know, best, you know, actor in a leading performance. And, you know, I think with this year, it kind of felt like, I don't want to say, like, it's an odd year, you know, I don't want to take away from any of these winners and any of these, like, nominees, but, you know, there wasn't quite, and, you know, there wasn't quite that, like, juggernaut name, you know, there there was no Denzel this year. There was no Leo this year. No Tom. Um, there was, yeah. There's no either of the Toms. You know what I mean? It was like, um, yeah, Tom Cruise. Ooh, Tom Cruise in this. If he was had been nominated, like that might it might have been a whole different award show. That would have been. You fun. know what I mean? And so, yeah. And so I think it's like I think a lot of things kind of like fell into place. You know, um, uh, I still haven't seen the whale, but. You know, um, just comparing it to, I think, um, last year or even like, you know, the actress in a leading role, you know, look at last year. It was kind of like, this is Will Smith's year. We're going to award him because he's been with us for so long and he's been such a big star. He didn't quite have that narrative, like, you know, as big as um, Colin Farrell is. It's not quite like mega super blockbuster movie star of 
20 years the way Will Smith is, you know? And if you go over to like the best actress in a leading role this year, you know, you have like, you do have like a juggernaut of a name in Kate Blanchett and you did have, um, you know, kind of like the person that's been paying their dues, kind of waiting for their moment. And like Michelle Williams kind of like getting like, I think this was their fifth nomination, I believe. Uh, yeah, in terms I of think so. Leading and supporting. Um, but out of that came like somebody else. Um, which was cool to see. Not to transition us over. He has anything more to say about, you know. No, I, 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 think it's a, I think it's a good transition because frankly, and it, I texted this in our, in our group chat earlier of all four acting winners. This is one, their first nomination. Uh, and two, all, all of them have been in the industry in some way for multiple decades. Uh, and, and so there's something to this idea of paying dues i think people like a story I, I think what brendan and kiwi having in common is that there was like okay they're introduced a little earlier in the career and then there's this huge there's this gap and then the there's gap. a return you know a mm -hmm. return to to being able to be given an opportunity i know uh, kiwi had been what a, a stunt coordinator stunt a coordinator while. yeah mm -hmm. an um, assistant director yeah and had been engaged in that way uh, but I think as far as the actors there is that piece of, of just like we're if we're given the opportunity we, we can make something happen uh, but we just need the door to be opened whereas it, that feels similar to Michelle and Jamie Lee but more so of like we've just paid our dues in films that aren't frequently recognized you know more genre films um, mm -hmm. and in this case all the cards just happen to line up uh, and I imagine well, yeah. well, we all have our opinions. I certainly do in terms of, for example, Jamie Lee Curtis's win. But I, I'm in kind of in recognizing some of the narrative, which I think sometimes we forget to talk about in, in the grand scheme of things. It's like sometimes Hollywood, they write stories literally for a living. And sometimes they like a narrative. Uh, and... These award shows are written technically. Uh, you know, they're produced. Uh, they have a kind of a screenplay to go off of, you know. And so I'm, I'm just thinking of what, you know, a voter would be taking into consideration. And yeah. um, there is this through line between all four winners uh, of just like, it's it's time in different ways, but it, it's it's time. Um, anyway. Yeah, no, that's so. a really good point. That's a really good point. Um, yeah, it's like interesting that it like turned out that way because, you know, I think as much as, you know, we like to think of the Oscars as like merit based and kind of like, it's like, well, this is the best performance. So this thing wins. And it's like, you know, you go back and look at the past. You're like, how could this thing not have won? This is yeah. clearly better, you know? Um, but no, like, you know, the history of the Oscars is, has always been about like the narrative. It has always been about like, you know, maybe like people like, all of a sudden like wanting to see the underdog win and you know or like oh this person like has finally paid their dues i think uh the most famous example um is uh i think what was the movie called i think it was uh the scent of the woman is the movie uh, that al pacino finally yeah <laughs> i haven't even seen that movie but yeah you know what i mean like um yeah i think the scent of the woman uh sent of a woman um anyways you know it's just like it's like he had never won i think it was like a 90s movie uh that you know it was just like 
you know, a 70s and 80s star, you know, it was just kind of like, uh, we kind of missed it. Al Pacino, I don't know how, like, all right, let's just slide at him here, you know? And so, you know, I think, yeah, this, like, I think it is very narrative driven and everybody's human. I think everybody can like fall in love with like certain stories, can fall in love with like certain people even more than like certain performances. And I think over a history, it does play out where, you know, the narrative kind of like takes over. And it's interesting because uh, there was uh, some conversation in the chat too uh, about just like different winners and when they won and what they should have won for. And you even bringing up 1992. So the year that Al Pacino won was also the year that uh, that Denzel Washington uh, was nominated for Malcolm X, and a lot of folks. Mm. <laughs> yeah, bring it back. But even like oh, I, I looked it up. The five on here, Al Pacino for Son of a Woman, Tom Cruise for A Few Good Men, Robert Downey Jr. for Chaplin, uh, Jack Nicholson for Hoffa, and then Denzel Washington for Malcolm X. So, it's a tough year. You know, there are, there's and always... It's like, who's, whose fault, whose fault like, is it? Is who, it well, they, they, I, they probably messed it? up not giving Al Pacino it earlier in his career. Exactly. You know yes. what I mean? Like, um... What who won the year he was in Dog Day Afternoon? You know what I mean? Like, like who won that year? And it probably like just keeps going back. It's a back, cycle. So. It's it's secular. Yeah, someone gets screwed, yeah. and then they like, we got you next time. Jack Nicholson yeah. for yeah. One Flew Over the Cuckoo Nest. Damn, that's a great one. <laughs> that's pretty pretty so good. I, wow, that was I a good think, year. Yeah, <laughs> someone's got to lose. You know, I think for you know, a lot of the point is it's. It's whatever is happening, whatever's in the air of that particular year. Um, and it's true that who, if we do our best, I think, I don't think anything is objective, but if we, if we do our best to try to find like, okay, you know, what were they given to work with in the film? Uh, how important were they to a plot? All, if we try to look at all these different pieces, I think each of us are going to probably have a different person that stands out more. I think that was split some of the conversation. I imagine uh, Grandmaster Hoop is itching to get to. I'm not actress. itching. It's fine. <laughs> actress We're alluding. Supporting, yeah. Uh, actress in a supporting role. Uh, I think there was some, I wouldn't say heated, but some passionate conversation uh, around uh, the winner or lack of winners in terms of, you know, J.B. Lee Curtis, of course, won for everything, everywhere, all at once. And I think it, different folks will have an idea of like, okay, here's what made a good performance versus what didn't. And here's who I thought should have won based off of all these different factors uh, versus what the voters maybe would have thought. Um, I could say in my own perspective, she wasn't my favorite of the five. Um, I think her character and her part was maybe the least impactful of the four characters that we were introduced to in the film. I get five, let me not uh, uh, leave out grandpa, but <laughs> of the five, uh, I think as far as importance to the film and to the plot, um, I thought Stephanie kind of edged that out and not even edged that out, probably just took a rocket and <laughs> straight to the top in terms of what she was able to offer. Um, if we're comparing those two particular performances, uh, but well, we, we can start there. We can start there because uh, one, I think it's so odd to put up because it's rare to see two actors from the same same movie be put up for the best actor or actress uh nomination 
but it's like they don't ever second guess putting them both up for uh supporting you know for example uh i have no idea i think about this all the time judas and the black messiah lakeith and yeah. uh lakeith was up against daniel and it was like what is going on here one of them's the lead yeah <laughs> right? it, that was so dumb <laughs> that was weird. I was like, why not just so uh, so, you know, in, in this situation, you know, uh, I get it. I, I, I guess um, you want to you want to double your chances, but also they it's both like didn't, they both didn't want to go up against, uh, I think, Chadwick Boseman that year is probably what happened. Oh, is the, yeah. Is that what happened? I guess. I think they were both like, that was, yeah, that was that year. out of this one. They're and like, Chad's going to get it. Uh, and, and, then, then, and then he didn't win. And then he didn't get it. <laughs> right. Um, so it's like. I, I feel they should have just put Stephanie up alone, singularly. Um, like, I I feel that would have been great. Uh, as you pointed out, she is like the emotional core of that film. Uh, you know, uh, it's, you know, one half Michelle and one half Stephanie. And, you know, they play off of each other. And the story is literally driven by their dynamic. And Deidre, Jamie Lee Curtis, is there... But like, you know, more or less her, I mean, don't her character is genuine at times and is comedic at times. But it was like the Rakakuni guy could have served that same purpose. Uh, Harry Shum Jr. Uh, you know, I feel I feel mm -hmm. that's where Deidre's character falls under, you know. Uh, just people it, you gotta Stephanie should have been alone in this category I think I'm that's where I'm at that's where I'm at with this this part of the conversation yeah you know Jamie Lee Curtis has been like a star and kind of like I think you know a legend in so many different ways like from like being like one of the first screen queens and then like i think for a generation a different generation um you know the freaky friday mom and just kind of like has always been like consistently working i think you know i'm not like not like disappointed or like mad at her winning um i think i'm most disappointed that it just never felt like Stephanie Shu stood a chance you know yeah it was just like it just felt like she was never really in the conversation. I really didn't understand why, you know, it was mm -hmm. just like, like, especially like being from like the same movie, if they were or had like in different movies and the narrative was just like, Hey, it's Jamie Lee Curtis's turn. Like, sorry, Stephanie, uh, Stephanie, she was great, but it's Jamie Lee Curtis's move, uh, turn. But like it beat them being in the same movie kind of like made it weird. And then you kind of like throw in uh, the Angela Bassett kind of portion of like this race too, um, where, you know, it's like almost, I mean, we could talk about like her reaction, I guess, um, where it was just like, I guess like I was a little disappointed, but I guess because I also kind of thought Jamie Lee Curtis was definitely going to win. It wasn't like surprising or anything, but then seeing Angela's reaction and kind of like, maybe getting a glimpse into like how bad she wanted this maybe i think it was like oh ooh, i think this stung a little you know i don't know how you guys felt about that. it's it's you you said it the key word here is turn it was not jamie lee's turn 
This is her first nomination. You know, this was Mm -hmm. not her turn. Angela has been nominated multiple times. This was her turn. And dare I say again, I say this about, and I said this in our Wakanda Forever podcast, this movie is the impossible movie. You're not going to get that performance again from her. Well, one, they killed off her character. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler. Spoiler. Two, the emotional depth that was any acting talent in that movie. And they came, they were also in the first one is a layered performance that you're not going to see again. So when she says, have I not given everything that line, you're never going to get that again, that emotional layer. It was her turn. And, you know, I'm sure many people were in her ear saying, you got this in the bag. You know, you're walking home with the Oscar tonight, all this stuff. And, I, and I'm sure she was very humble when those people were saying that. But you, she did want it. And for me, who did not watch it live, uh, you know, I went dark all night. I went dark. Uh, when I woke up and I said, and it wasn't playing, uh, and I was like, fuck it, I guess I'll watch the acceptance speeches. It did not even register in my head when I saw that Jamie Lee Curtis, I like literally clicked on the one that said her acceptance speech. I was like, oh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, wait, Fuck! <laughs> and then it clicked. And, and I think too, in, in terms of this uh, idea of you know whose turn is it, whose turn is it not, etc. I am not as interested in that particular dialogue because that loses out on say people like Stephanie Shu, um, who I think actually gave a stronger performance than Angela. As much as I, I love Angela and wanted her to win, <laughs> just because of my own bias. But if we're looking at in terms of performance, like I'm not, I do think there is a tendency for women and for people of color to frequently lose out on this idea of like turn and like, oh, they've given, et cetera, until really more recently. I think we saw with Will Smith, we saw even this year uh, with Michelle Yeoh, with uh, Kiwi Kwan, um, where we have gotten some pieces of like, oh, it's finally their turn. Um, so here we go. Uh, here's the role that we, we were able to to give them some plaudits for. But I, I think something that, and you all have already brought it up, it, that really just stood out to me is she did really want it. And not saying that the, the other four women didn't. Um, I, I imagine that they did and they each campaigned in their own way. Um, but I, I was really sad for what has already been brought up, the overlooking of Stephanie really through, I think she's only received one one award. I think it was the Independent Spirit Awards had recognized her for, I think, big breakthrough. Um, so I was really, really disappointed with how overlooked um, her performance had been, uh, considering, yes, she is that emotional crux, but also because it's just so goddamn good. But also in, in terms of Angela and something, you know, I saw a lot of discourse around just her reaction and I won't use a lot of podcast airtime to, to talk about how we should not be policing the ways in which uh, Black women are able to emote and express themselves. Uh, but don't do that uh, because <laughs> if you want to compare, Diane Warren uh, looked pissed when she lost. Um, and she was allowed to do so, and there was no discourse around that. So uh, stop trying to, uh, <laughs> to tell people how they should or should not be feeling. So, because she was disappointed, you could see it on her face, and she's allowed to be. Uh, I think many decades of work and 
she had of course been nominated before and I think she really did want this for a variety of reasons Not even, and it felt like more than just a performance I think the meaning of the film uh, of kind of Chadwick being uh, connected to this that this is the last time we'll see her as this character I imagine considering what did happen in the film I think there was a, a lot of, of layers to this um, that disappointment makes sense and I'm sad for her um, and at the same time I'm not gonna like trash Jamie Lee uh, who who's a, a wonderful person who spoke a lot about um, and advocated around just trans rights and, and having some conversation around her experience of being a parent of a trans daughter um, during the presser and so you know there's a lot that you know I don't want to tear other folks down for the sake of trying to prop somebody else up uh, I do think the academy in this case you know I don't agree with their decision yeah, I, I'm not. I don't want to bring Jamie down either. Uh, it just so happens, you know, she fits a a narrative that a lot of people are going with. Um, yeah. And I, again, all of them were good in their roles. You know, whether or not you feel one is superior than superior than the other, it just so happens it's a it's an arms race at the end of the day. Um, so it's just really unfortunate. Uh, probably the most unfortunate for Angela. And then probably second most unfortunate for Stephanie. Uh, I'm sure Carrie and Hong I don't Chow. even know. Hong Chow will get another chance. I'm sure they'll be all right. I'm sure you Stephanie will be all right. Yeah, I, I do that. say that. But it's there will never happens. be another movie like this. Everything everywhere <laughs> in another 20 years. And then yeah. Angela, I I doubt she's going to. I don't know. I, I can't imagine what role you're going to put her in to get her that oscar back so uh yeah the thing is you had said angela had been like nominated elsewhere but it, it was only one other time it that's enough years. that's enough it was 20 years it was 20 years ago you know what that i mean like and so that's probably why it's stung it's just like you know she gets it like you know early on in her career for like a pretty great role and um yeah next thing you know it's been like 20 years and that's like she hadn't been nominated for anything else so not to say she's not out here getting, you know, doing a body of exemplary. Oh, wait, hold on. Exemplary I might work. be doing bad math. I might be doing bad math. 1993. No, that was 20 years ago, right? No, that's 30, that's 30 years, ago? years ago. Oh, yeah. That's 30, 30 years ago. Years yeah. ago. Did you forget bad how old math, you are? <laughs> uh, I always just feel like the 90s are 20 years ago. Uh, it does right? Feel like that. We're in the yeah. 2020s, so they're 30 now. Yeah, wow. Yeah, no, 30 years ago. And that's tough. That's tough. Any final thoughts? I do want to, you know, get on to supporting actor and then, of course, uh, lead actress before we we tie up with uh, director and best picture. Any final thoughts? I think we're, I think I'm okay. I got it out. Uh, Have I not given everything? (laughs) There. Well, Certainly uh, some of the ones that, again, that we did anticipate based off of uh, just the, the run-up, the, the momentum. So uh, Michelle Yao, uh, Ki Hui Kwan, any thoughts? I, I was just thrilled um, in terms of both of both of them. I, I think, uh, of course, myself and uh, Hooper TV had a lot of conversation around uh, Kate Blanchett. Uh, just <laughs> the that particular performance uh, being fantastic. Um, but I, I just, the, the visual of Michelle Yao just holding the Oscar 
Uh, I was just absolutely thrilled for her. And and I think they strategically had Halle Berry up there to have absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Are the you last curious? person of color, a uh, woman person of color to win Best Actress. Well, it would have been weird if she not off. won, you know. Uh, well, sometimes the Oscar kind of rolls to the dice that way, you know. Um, I guess. Uh, they did it two years ago, Chadwick. Yeah. Uh, wait, who's up Hopkins. to present for that one? They well, they moved Best Actor to the to final the award. Oh God, idiots! Oh, to, to give yeah. it like the climactic. Oh, that, moment. oh, uh, oh, that it is was, upsetting. Uh, I think it was directed by Steven Soderbergh, um, and was, I yeah. think he like, and I think uh, you know they Ocean's Eleven. Um, you know, I think, I think like somebody made the joke like, yeah, he like bet the whole house on this moment mm. <laughs> it didn't pay off but anyways that was last year that was a couple years ago um this is this year um that was great yeah you know as much as like i think you may have been like oh i want like kate's great performance to be honored it's hard to kind of like see michelle take the stage in that moment um be the second one color to be awarded this you know high honor um and then just give a great speech. Yeah, it's like hard. I can't imagine, you know, anybody sitting there mad or pouting. Like, you know, it was a great moment. So, oh yeah, um, well deserved. Uh, nothing more to say, man. Uh, so sorry, Kate uh, Blanchett. Uh, you can run home to your three Oscars and cry about it. Uh, she is two. Still only two. Two. two now. Ten nominations. Oh. Has she been nominated 10 times? That's crazy. I don't know. I made that up. Okay. <laughs> what was I going to say? And then uh, I think it was actually a really wonderful moment as far as like, Ariana DeBose, uh, just the voice crack. Oh, her voice. Reading. Super yeah. cracked. <laughs> yes. Uh, Ki Hui Kwan's name. I thought it was a really just lovely, real, earnest uh, Oscar moment, which I don't know. It didn't feel like we had a lot of those throughout the night in terms of just like strong standout speeches or just really wonderful like reading card moments so i thought that was one of those that, that we at least got well um, she her voice she was holding back tears from when she didn't get to read angela's name out loud and so then uh the sadness turned to joy after reading uh key's name so i'm pretty mm. was key not first oh was he yeah it he, was, might have been I, he was first and then it was Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Forget what I said. Forget what I said. I make it up narratives. You're making up a lot of stuff tonight. Uh, (laughs) But uh, I think uh, he, of course, has had some really wonderful enthusiasm. I don't know if y'all saw the like the Good Morning America video of him and Brendan Fraser, but if you can find the clip, it's on Twitter. But he was just like, "Good Morning America," just like screaming. It's oh. really, really wonderful. Super infectious. in terms of in terms of foregone conclusion, that's that one felt like the best. It was mm-hmm. like we, you know, the like the award season started, and it was kind of like felt like he was like the front runner. I think everybody was like supportive of his narrative. It didn't quite feel like anybody else had like mustered even a narrative to kind of compete with his. You know what I mean? Because it's like you know we've all you know you think like we've all seen um you know, Indiana Jones and remember short round and 
What else? He was also in what's the, it? Goonies. the Goonies. He's the data. Goonies. I haven't seen the Goonies, but I remember Short Round. And you oh, know, come on, it, man! <laughs> I think that's like uh, part of like the like the magic of like seeing him again or like seeing that movie. And it's either you know somebody tells you maybe before it's like yeah, that's like so and so from like this movie, or it's like you get through the whole movie and then somebody tells you after you're like, wait, what? That's him? You know where's mm-hmm. he been? And so I think. I think that one felt that narrative felt good and him mm-hmm. being like the front runner at the entire time i don't think ever lost any steam never kind of like it was you unanimous. Know, never felt like yeah never felt like it lost momentum you never really doubted it and and then when it finally happened it wasn't like it was still great you know you're still so happy for him so um it was great seeing yeah, up there. absolutely absolutely and I, I think he had some some pretty good speeches throughout I think the the hard part when you are kind of this you're a lock is how can I make each speech feel a little bit different but keep the same theme of like gratitude and in his case you know family and his, his origin story etc. Um, so I just think yeah it was really wonderful to see him on stage and, and just uh, his joy and the energy throughout the, this oh, entire he he hugged. are we ready to. Well, oh wait, wait, wait! Uh, oh, are okay, we ready to trans- fine. are we ready to transition? Or is that what you're yeah. about to do? Well, okay, sure, sure, sure. Well, did the Oscars double down again? They said, like, like, how can we roll the dice? Like, who can we bring out to present best picture? They wanted the moment. Oh, you, you think they I mean? did? They, you think they set this up? I guess. Of course. I guess. Of course. Wow. Of course I see it now. I guess of it course. is pretty random to get. The Harrison Ford to present. They they got picture. the photo. They got the photo. They got it's the been like circu- they, they said, circulating got on Twitter. <laughs> we're yeah, we're gonna so, get it. So if you don't know what we're talking about, like uh Harrison Ford presented uh Best Picture, uh famous for amongst many other things, Indiana Jones, in which he co-starred with one Gee Kwan, who wasn't going by that name back then. He was going by Jonathan. Um, Jonathan he was Kwan. Going, Jonathan Kwan back then and um, (laughs) short round and everybody's favorite Indiana Jones adventure, the temple of doom. Uh, Is that considered the worst or it's kind of take that. Yeah. The Shia LaBeouf one took that title, but temple of doom is probably considered the most offensive of the Indiana Jones. Okay. I still, you know, short round still a beloved character. Well, that's that not because movie. it's not him and, who's offensive. It is the portrayal of the yeah, Indian I know it's culture. the native yeah, people, right. um, wherever that temple's located. But um, you yeah, short round great, and so like you know, uh, we got to see the Indiana Jones present the best picture winner to everything everywhere all at once, and Kiki Kwan was able to take the stage and give. Uh, Harrison Ford a hug and kind of like almost like reenact like a, a photo. I don't even know if they were trying to like, you know, do that parallel <laughs> so closely like that. They're definitely they're definitely trying to create a moment in which, you know, they were able to have like an interaction like that. On the stage in which Steven Spielberg sat in a chair in front of them. So I mean, pretty great. Pretty great. I um, think they did zoom. He directed, to, uh... yeah, he directed all the end of the I was just gonna say he definitely directed the second Indiana Jones. I think. No, he directed all of them. Uh, Stevens. Yeah, yeah. Stevens. He's not yeah. directing the next one. 
Yeah, no, he's not directing the next I think one. He's they, out on the next one. Yeah, they got okay. um the guy from the guy who's good at wrapping up franchises. Um but uh mm-hmm. yes, they got the shot. They got the shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, great shot. Uh they also won directors. Um, gave another speech. What was it? Their second Editing. one of the night? Yeah, so they did original screenplay, director, and best in briefly best picture. I think uh, uh, best picture. The producer had a little bit more airtime. Right, um, the producer whose name escapes me because I didn't even know who that guy was. Um, which I always feel weird about the producers. I'm like, who are y'all? What would you really do? Well, they always get to take the stage for best picture. They do they right. That's why George Clooney has so many uh, Academy Awards. Is that well, right? Oh, he doesn't. I don't know how many he has, but I know he has some. Are you making up something again? No, George Clooney. <laughs> I think he won. I think George we are, produced Argo. We're on a podcast in which people can pause us and look stuff up and like immediately. Yes, wrong. George Clooney has an Oscar for Argo because he produced Argo. I think uh, Brad Pitt took the stage for um, Twelve uh, Years a Slave. For 12 Years a Slave. Yes, he did. He was up there. Yeah, I think I remember that happening to me like, wait a second, what's Brad Pitt doing up there? Yep. And that's like Plan B production company. I'm pretty Plan sure. Plan B. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Um, but uh, I mean, was it a surprise? I don't think it was a surprise. Uh, and No. Yeah. Um, as, as we've said, foregone conclusion. But I think it kind of took a little bit of air out of like the fun or like the excitement but it wasn't like i don't think disappointing or anything like that you know it was like all right they did it you know they 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 succeeded so so how many how many wins do they walk away with Uh, seven seven and that's not the most still for one night what is the most it's lord of the rings no i think 12 Mm -hmm. yeah did lord of the rings go 12 for 12 or something no they lost i actually uh, just i had just pulled it up they definitely lost they did one 11 category. 12 it should be what's the the chariots oh ben her yes i believe that is the most winningest um because yeah lord no. of the rings didn't have any actor uh Nomination. ones oh not okay well, at least not return of the king so three films have won 11 um Ben Hur, Titanic, Titanic, and Lord of the Rings: The Return of the King. They each won eleven, so nobody's uh, okay. nobody's was... got into twelve yet. Uh, okay, interesting. Uh, and I was only asking that because, although, although Lord of the Rings was like the last film to kind of I feel have like that giant sweep. I don't know. Uh, Everything Everywhere is now the most award-winning film. Or... In terms of yeah, in terms of some in of terms of other, all overall, the, overall, yeah, yeah, I think that's what they've been. Yeah, actually, yeah. I think they got that before the Oscars. I believe so. Yeah, there was some kind yeah. of like statistic coming out. I think you know, in terms of just my overall thoughts, I was very excited. Of course, I talked and on many different podcasts about how much I did uh, really love the movie. I think the fact that we're here a year later. Um, mm. having a conversation uh, about it and that it won feels I mean, pretty pretty special in terms of how frequently films that come out much earlier in a year um, 
if they're able to last or not. I, I thought it was impressive just the that I think by now it was a foregone conclusion. It wasn't like that. It didn't feel like that in January. I think it was a slow build in terms of like, wait a minute. By the way, have y'all have y'all checked this out? We should be watching this more. We should be considering it more because I remember having conversations with folks about the Golden Globes, about the things that were upcoming in January, and it was not feeling like it was everything everywhere. I think it was in the conversation. Like the folks would say it's part of the 10, but in terms of it actually being number one, that wasn't the case. So I think it was just really impressive that a genre film, that's something that is an independent film, um, you know, that, and even at the box office, relative to how much it costs to make it, it was impressive, <laughs> but relative to say, you know, things like Marvel or DC or right. Disney, et cetera, it, it didn't make that type of money a lot of best picture winners don't but regardless i, I think there's just something special yes it, it was kind of inevitable by this point in time here in march but i think there's something special about this particular win um, similar to, to what i had shared maybe in previous podcasts and in other conversations is i just hope this encourages filmmakers or writers directors uh, producers, actors, whatever, you know, all the folks who are part of, of putting together um, a film to, to take opportunities to take chances and that studios will support people in taking those chances. Um, I think every so often we, we've kind of come up for air and have these moments. I think Shape of Water felt like one of those moments, Parasite, uh, where it's like, oh, this feels like something that is different than what we've seen in, in times past. And it's my hope because I enjoy it. So this is, of course, my own perspective that we, we continue to see um, just things that are creative, a little weird, uh, with some pretty solid performances and filmmaking come together and be celebrated. So I was thrilled. Yeah, no, I, I just feel, you know, I always I keep uh, coming back to there won't be a film like this in another 20 years. I feel this is a big celebration of. Uh, you know, for the Asian community gets to celebrate that, uh, you know, that's for them. They they got that. And we just enjoyed it just as a film that just proves new grounds for as you, everything that you just said, as far as, you know, writing and, you know, ideas and just putting forth these performances of people who were almost basically written off by Hollywood, you know, uh, or one note or whatnot. Uh and so I feel, you know, we are going to and I and I mean, I hope this isn't a thing, but I feel in the next couple of years, it's going to kind of go back to routine. You know, uh, I feel we're not going to it's going to be a while, I really think, w until we get a film like this. But I feel we're going to get back to kind of, you know, kind of your generic outings at the award seasons, you know, these truly baited films that come out and you're like, OK gotta watch these melodramas and whatnot and uh i really hope that's not the case i really hope uh they keep pushing for films like this uh i would say you know that next a24 project with joaquin phoenix looks like it could be something uh i don't uh i don't know what it's called but um it looks I zany which one i was afraid that one I will say that as much as I, I would like to support that idea, the one thing that the Academy does not like is horror. Oh, is that uh, a horror? I don't even know what that thing is. I yeah, can't even tell what that thing it's is. It's Ari Aster. 
Um, oh, yes. And, He's, yeah. yeah. He, so. he, okay. Uh, it doesn't look like it, though, but Sorry it, it is. Sorry to your shine. It, it, no, no, it's fine. It's him. I just hope we see a push. And again, you know, when I see a film like this win, I'm like, all right, uh, Black creators, let's go. Uh, Latinx creators, let's go. Any pockets of people of color, let's go. Keep pushing your stories, your ideas, you know, and then just in general, keep pushing I, filmmakers, idea, LGBTQ+. I really like when one of the Daniels came out and said, you know, thank you, mom and dad, for not bashing me for dressing in drag. You know, it's like, push these ideas. People, greatness can come from anywhere. Uh, I want to see it more. I'm afraid Wait, that we... Ratatouille? Rakakoni, there you go. Uh, <laughs> oh, sure. Brad Bird, come on, Brad Bird. Where you at, Brad Bird? Uh, I'm afraid that we won't get it, but I really hope we do. So this win, I love this win for the Asian community, and I love this win for film overall. Any well final said. thoughts here for TV? Oh, final thoughts. Final thoughts. You know, um, this year is interesting. I'm like looking at like kind of like like the years as a whole. Um, we may have talked about this before. I I, I really loved 2019 when Parasite won it all. And um, part because I loved Jojo Rabbit. I loved Little Women. I loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, it's just like this weird thing where like my favorite movies are just like not included in the best picture this year in terms of like Nope and The Northman and RRR and the way you guys speak about like the creative um, kind of juice and energy flowing out of everything everywhere all at once like that's kind of like what I felt towards RRR in terms of like just like how how bombastic that movie is and like for whatever reason that's like the best term I can find to describe it um you know so it's like uh to your point uh grandmaster i think i hope we continue like taking steps um you know in terms of like honoring kind of like the um, not necessarily like the most creative but towards what you're saying like what's like so true to people and i will we'll give everything everywhere all at once credit like it felt like a movie very specific to like these filmmakers you know this felt like it really came from them. And so I think if every filmmaker does that and just tries to tell the most authentic story that's like true to them, um, no matter like, you know, where they where they're from, you know, and they not try to go for what they might think is like an Oscar movie or something like that. Um, yeah, I think that'll just do yeah, just like wonders for in terms of like the movies we're seeing and um yeah just like i don't know maybe we'll get like yeah like just like more exciting like oscars where it's like yo all 10 of these movies are fantastic like i could see it going any direction and um and that's at the end of the day that's what we want uh as much as we want like good movies we want good competitive award shows so that's what's that's what's important so i agree and i think too this that the more that there can be creativity in different ways that we hopefully will have more of that competition that maybe different genres different types of filmmaking can continue to be recognized um because i agree there are films of course that i really loved that were not well represented here um or at all <laughs> and so my hope is that 
there is a future in which that is the case. Um, I guess really in, in talking about what we'd like to see, my, my last kind of big question and how we'll end it, obviously there are a ton of movies that have not come out yet and we have a whole year <laughs> until the next Oscars. But there's some buzz, you know, we know of what may be on the horizon in terms of whatever's going to come out, whatever's going to premiere at different festivals throughout the summer. I'm curious if there are, and we're going to call this like the early bird picks, things that maybe you think we'll hear about uh, this time next year. Um, doesn't categories, things like that, doesn't matter. I'm just like, in general, what do you think may be having a conversation about being represented uh, in award season? So I'll, I'll just go quickly um, and say that, um, you know, speaking of filmmakers who are remaining true to themselves, it's like, say what you want about Christopher Nolan, like that guy tells stories that he wants to tell. Um, you might not be into it, but like those are, that's what he's into. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, when you talk about like a subject matter, like meeting like the right filmmaker, um, <laughs> oh gosh. it really feels like, it really feels like the creator of the atom bomb. Like, miss, it's like meeting, like, you know, the only other person might have been, um, who's the director of those Transformers movies? Michael Bay. Like, blowing, Michael Bay. That only might have been, like, a better connection, but, like, you know, like, Christopher Nolan, like, you know, famously blew up a stadium. Uh, did he, like, actually blow up, like, a, uh, you know, an actual bank for The Dark Knight or something um, to get, like, um, an explosion? I don't know. I'll have I, to well, look it up. All I'm saying, this guy likes big. He likes things blowing up. Um, he likes and practical. Yes, he likes practical effects, exactly. And it feels like, you know, um, I'm, you know, Oppenheimer, I'm going to go definitely best picture, uh, definitely best visual effects, definitely Sound. yeah, a lot below the line categories um, in terms of at the very least being nominated. Uh, and then same with Dune Part 2. I think Dune was absolutely nominated for a lot of below the line categories. And mm -hmm. I think one thing holding it back was that it didn't feel like a complete movie. Uh, you can go back and listen to our Dune podcast. I think we spoke about that there. Um, you know, I definitely could see that movie also kind of like getting a best picture nomination and a lot of below the line in terms of like costume design and like makeup and hairstyle and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Grim if you got something? Um... I mean, if I'm going off of films I've already seen this year, you know, hey, hey, in she the got to, two and a half months. Here, listen, she got to present an award and she brought her co-star, Cocaine Bear, for uh, <laughs> adapted screenplay, uh, possibly. Absolutely not. What is that adapting? Uh, the actual story of the Cocaine Bear. That's a book? What is it's that? It's a news article. I don't know about that. But um, sure, Okay. But uh, I mean, other than that, I mean, going off of what you said, I won, I think Oppenheimer, I think has the largest recognizable cast I've ever seen of a movie. Uh, like you name an actor, predominantly white, they're in that movie. Uh, it's true. Like, it's a lot it's, of folks. It's in true. Hold on. Here, here's the thing. Yo, Christopher Nolan, you got to give him credit. He's good at like hiding his white actors. I promise you, I did not recognize a single person in Dunkirk. People told me Harry Styles was in that movie. That's because you didn't I know what not, Harry Styles looked like. I could not find him to, to save my life. You're, you I weren't a Harry Styles it. fan back then. Everybody looked the same. I think he does a good job of like hiding them. So. You were not a Harry Styles fan back then. 
I I felt any, like you would. <laughs> any additional I, films uh, uh, for a master hoop? Um, gosh, I don't even know what's really coming out. One, I mean, yes, there is the Barbie movie, which I'm sure is going to get a lot of looks. Uh, uh, as I said, that one uh, movie, Ari Aster and Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, I know they don't like horror. They've they've taken a chance on horror before. Uh, you know, Get Out did relatively good at the Oscars, all things considered. Um, but honestly, no, I I I don't know what's on the twenty twenty three schedule. You haven't. I'm surprised you haven't mentioned animation because it looks like animation is oh, going to have okay. a really strong year. Animation. Um, Elementals coming out. Uh, Elemental. That- Disney has Wish. Obviously, yeah. Spider Man. Spider Man. Oh, Spider Man. Yeah. Oh, Spider Man could go for the the repeat. Super Mario Brothers movie. Super Mario Brothers movie. But you I don't know, know if that's I, really an Academy movie. But well, you know. Illumination's been up for Academy Awards before. Uh, Despicable Me's have been nominated. Uh, I think Secret Life of Pets, whatever. Um, but you know, with animation, you know, I think it's the sleeper hits that are really going to, you know animation is cinema um no one saw pinocchio coming uh wendell and wild didn't get a lot of love this year but you know stop motion return to stop motion uh i'm i'm leaving yeah i'm leaving animation up for grabs because i know there's gonna be a sleeper that comes out of nowhere um yeah i honestly i don't know what's on the lineup i used to look this stuff up all the time on wikipedia like what's coming out in 2023 Ooh, the teenage ninja turtles movie wow there's another one uh let me stop dr rico what what do you have on the chopping block well i don't know if that's the right analogy or what do you have on a silver platter (laughs) Uh, similar to you, I'm curious about uh, what the reactions to Barbie will be. I don't know if we'll get Killers of a Flower Moon, but of course, people love Marty. Uh, we actually, a couple of the, the big guns are coming back. So Martin Scorsese, I believe, uh, who is it? Ridley Scott uh, has Napoleon. Napoleon? Um, mm-hmm, starring Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, okay. Uh, also, is that... Joker two coming out this year? No, that'll come out probably year, next year. Probably. I was about to say, Joaquin Phoenix, like he's been working. He's um, working. Air, depending on kind of the reception, but historically, Ben Affleck has done pretty well at the the Oscars. I'm excited for Air. I'm excited for Air. Um, so we've got Air. Uh, let's see. There were a few things that have popped up on my. I don't th- think this is this year, but. I know Adam Driver, I believe, is going to be in Ferrari by Michael Mann. That could be I think that might be he's this also year. in that sixty. He's in that sixty-five movie. Oh, stop! Um, I also don't is know that... if this is going to come out this year, but Maestro, which is Bradley Cooper's second uh, feature film that he'll direct. Ooh, I um, am all in on Bradley Cooper. Yes, he's winning so... Best Actor for that role. So there's a couple, and then there's some smaller films I'm just like personally interested in that I don't know if it'll even touch the Academy. But um, yeah, so I imagine those those films that I mentioned, if they come out this year, may may have some conversation around it. Uh, whether or not they make it to the year, we'll we'll see. But that that is our uh, Academy Awards recap. Um, I think it's been a 
and interesting, but also at the end, kind of predictable uh, <laughs> set of uh, winners, more or less. Yeah. But I've appreciated uh, getting to, to spend some time talking about movies. I'm excited about what's to come. I certainly uh, will have the film festivals that'll give us maybe some insight on what we need to be watching out for. Mm. Any last thoughts, or? Let me say this, just for anybody listening and for y'all too, too, if you really like everywhere, all everything all at once, Michelle Yeoh, Kihu Kwan, and Stephanie Shu got a whole new show uh, together yeah. on Disney Plus. Uh that is true. I think it's called Chinese Born American. Uh that seems like I don't know what the hell I can it just they... feels like they're coasting off of their uh, it, it it does like... but I'm going to tune in just to see what what's going on I think it's crazy that they're all in another project together I'm gonna tune in um, and... my final thought is Indiana Jones needs to hand the reins to Kiki Kwan at the end of the movie at uh, the end of his new I don't think he's in the movie but they can always all he needs is a needs just a cameo just like they need to like just a quick quick like you know i'm saying he might not have been in the original screenplay that's fine uh but now that we know that he's doing well and he still has plenty of talent and he can pull off some action scenes i think it's time he hands over the reins and if they had to like do some quick filming uh some quick um you know additional scenes need to be filmed uh before it gets released they should do it so i'll be looking for that sure well my final thoughts are many of the movies that we have discussed today have been discussed on other podcasts so give us a follow give us a listen and uh we're on all the various social media platforms like facebook and instagram and twitter and tiktok and um we have a discord channel and some streaming of some video games that i don't know anything about but our friends do they do those things, and they stream them, and they talk about them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, that's available, too. So all of your various nerd interests, video games, anime, TV shows, movies, you can find them all here at the Yanko table. Signing would, you like, would you like to close off with a song this time, proper? You know, I will say my biggest critique about the best original songs were that, you know, Natu Natu was probably the most fun. And we could have had more fun if you let Turning Red be present. So you're never not on my mind. Oh my, my, my. Never gonna make you cry. Okay, okay. Anyway. Very good, very good. good. <laughs> I wasn't actually as prepared this time as I was last time. Uh, but this is us. This is the, the awards wrap up we'll see you next year 